good morning and welcome to everyone here this morning and to those watching online. Today we're basing the service around Psalm 27, one of my favorite psalms and there's different ways of looking at it, but I'd like us to think about how we respond to fear. And we'll have teaching or some talking in between, uh, inter- in sections interspersed with uh, worship. So that's what we're doing today. And I'm praying that uh, God will touch our lives and uh, work for the kingdom will be done here this morning. So let's begin with prayer, asking God to help us to be alert to his presence, because we can be a bit immune to it, can't we? Asking him to help us be alert to his presence, to, to forgive us when we ask him, that today we might encounter him, that today we might be transformed, and thereby be better able to serve and worship, uh, follow him. So let's pray. Holy Spirit of God, we, we welcome you here in our gathering this morning. May we recognize that we are in the presence of a holy God and be thankful that we are saved by grace through faith. And today we ask you to forgive us for ways and things that have displeased you, things that we've done or said even this morning. And as we encounter you, today, we ask that you transform us more and more into the image of Jesus. Help us to see you, Lord God, more clearly. Help us to love you more dearly and help us to follow you more nearly for the sake of the kingdom and in the glorious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I'd like us to remain seated and sing quietly and reflectively, uh, Dear Lord and Father of Mankind, as we think about the words um, and we come to God with the defensive presence and we know it's his.
is unclean, water that which is dry, heal that which is wounded, bend that which is inflexible, fire that which is chilled, correct what goes astray, grant the reward of virtue, grant the deliverance of salvation, grant eternal joy. Amen. We're going to read Psalm 27 together. Uh, Again, remain seated. I'll read one verse, then you read the next verse, and we'll go through it like that. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Here my voice when I call, O Lord, be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, O God, my favor. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not hand me over to the desire of my foes. For false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Verse 6 says, I'll sing and make music to the Lord. So let's do that. Let's stand and sing praises to him.
so David knew what fear was. He'd been run off the throne, he'd been conspired against, he'd been hunted uh, by his son. He'd gone into hiding, he'd been humiliated and outnumbered. He knew fear, but it seems he also knew how to handle it. Sometimes uh, we need support and encouragement from others in, in, in these situations, and certainly uh, David had that once. In 1 Samuel, uh, we read, when David was at Horesh in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. And Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horesh and helped him find strength in God. Don't be afraid, he said. And we need that too. We need that encouragement as well. But fear has many faces, I think, and can hold us in its grip. And I imagine that there isn't anyone here, or online, anyone watching, who hasn't or doesn't fear something. For some people, it might be just walking into a crowded room grips us with fear, and we freeze for others, it might be something like a fear of water. Can't, get, can't go in the pool. Just really fearful. For some, it's a fear of death. Just recently, over the last week, <coughs> uh, a dear colleague and friend for the last 22 years, um, done many mission trips with him, treasurer at life, he died. And um, I was just amazed his strength and how he was totally not afraid whatsoever. In fact, he was looking forward to going and being with Jesus. But some, for some, there's a real fear of death. For some, maybe you're fearing the future and you think, oh no, I just don't know what's going to happen and it kind of grips you and you wake up worrying about it. Others, maybe rejection. And some of these come about as from maybe childhood traumas. Um, and I'm not saying that some of these are really, really deep-rooted and, and, and perhaps on occasions need, need counselling. But all of us have got fears, which if we allow them to take root, they can stop us being effective in our work and ministry for Jesus and, and destroy, dis- well, damage our relationship with him. So do you identify with some of these? What is it you fear? Just think for a moment, see if the Holy Spirit highlights something for you. For me, I have to, I I was thinking about this, I have to be careful, not careful, but when there's thunderstorms, I feel myself becoming afraid because, I mean, there's a good reason for that. Our house in St. Leonard's Road was hit by lightning and um, everything, you know, kind of, uh, right in front of my mother it was um, and she'd always been afraid of thunderstorms and, and, and everything went the video, the television, just everything it was a horrible experience so kind of that, if I'm not careful that can I can, I can start feeling uh, fearful another thing that I think about is uh, what my son when he was young uh, he, he, he was choking on something he had a coin and he was choking on it 
And, um, and I, obviously, it was a, a situation that I had to deal with straight away and turned him upside down. Actually, I did the things you shouldn't do, but, but he, he was okay. Um, but now I've got a bit, with my grandchildren, uh, a bit of a fear of them choking. Um, so I've got to be careful not to let them know uh, or show that fear. Fear can be uh, healthy as well uh, when you need to be aware of, of dangers. But what I'm talking about when it kind of grips us and uh, we need to deal with it. it. It can control us. It's destructive. It can render us ineffective. But the Bible teaches us it doesn't have to hold us in its grip. A fit love casts out fear, we read in 1 John 4. And in another psalm, Psalm 34, um, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. I think, I didn't count them, but there's 365 do not fears or words, phrases like that in the Bible. One for every day of the year. So, I mean, God knows that we can become fearful and we are fearful. But fear, fear is not freedom. Sometimes there can be a spirit of fear um, which needs deliverance, which might um, not be so familiar to everyone. But I, I had a fear of the underground uh, once when I was... Um, living in London. I was teaching English in, in a, a language school in London and um, I was chased down the uh, underground. So after that I just couldn't, I couldn't get anywhere near the edge of the platform if I went on, on the underground. And I went to a conference and they talked about uh, a fear and they had prayer ministry for fear and I remembered that uh, which I'd forgotten and I went forward immediately I was set free in a very dramatic way. So there are those situations as well. But usually fears we can learn to overcome with trust and confidence in God. He doesn't say, of course, that he will take everything away, straight away, but he promises to give us strength and to be with us in it if we trust him. And in this psalm, uh, I see uh, different ways of looking at the psalm, but in this psalm I see four principles for out, out, uh, overcoming fear. And uh, the first one, he affirms his confidence in God. Uh, in verses 1 to 3, he, he proclaims what he knows to be true. That's why it's so important that we sing and we worship and we declare truth and we um, it's, it's really, really important that we speak out truth. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? It goes on to say, when the wicked advance against me to devour me, it's my enemies and foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. So David's speaking out, declaring out what he knows to be true of his God. The Lord is my light, he says. Lightness, God and light go together often in scripture, don't they? The people in walking in darkness have seen a great light. Isaiah 61, arise, shine, your light has come. The true light uh, John 1, that gives light to every man, was coming into the world. 
And Jesus, while I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world compared to the darkness of the surrounding situations or any situation that we're fearful. The Lord is my light, he declares. Somebody yesterday, in fact, the day before yesterday, uh, gave me a, a plant, an oxalis little plant, a false shamrock, I think it's called. Um, and um, it, it, uh, I couldn't believe it. It's so proactive in turning itself towards the light. It's wobbling about. I can almost see it. I'm thinking, what? It's almost alive. And, and, I, and she did tell me you have to keep turning it round. And it's wobbling. It's desperate to be facing the light. And as I look at that, I think, yes, you know, I, I, we need to be wanting to face the light uh, all the time, not turning away or being afraid or whatever else, but turning towards the Lord is my light, he says. The Lord is my salvation, he says, my deliverer, the one who rescues me, the one who sets me free. He's declaring it. And he says, the Lord is the stronghold of my life. The image of stronghold is familiar in the Old Testament. In Psalm 18, it says he, he is the strength of his people. He provides the place of refuge and the purpose of a stronghold is to protect those who seek refuge. So this is David affirming, speaking out truth, reminding himself of God's protecting presence. And that's what gives him confidence. No matter how great the enemies are, no matter what the enemies are in our life. And when David looks at the greatness of the Lord in relationship to his own problems, he gets the right perspective. And that's, this is something that we can learn. Uh, from this. And then, secondly, he seeks God for himself. For himself, that relationship. He seeks God for himself, to draw close to himself. Uh, verses 4 to 6 say, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord, to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. So the boldness of David's faith isn't just things that he objectively knows. He, he, this is all very personal to him. He loves to be in the presence of God. He has a deep desire to experience the presence and in God's presence fears are vanished. He longs for the, the temple, could mean the tabernacle or the sanctuary to house the ark or, or the temple that his son Solomon was to build but it could also mean the presence of the Lord and just in these few verses you can See, it expresses the intensity of seeking God for himself. So, yes, we proclaim um, the things that we know to be true, and that's, that's so vital and so important. But to, to be in his presence, to experience him, to encounter him, to know him intimately, that's what David longed for. And that's what we should uh, enjoy. 
David had intimacy with God. How much more do we? How, how are your times with God? Do you spend time in his presence? Do you enjoy him? Do you encounter him? We live from the inside out. Let's remind ourselves that we have the Holy Spirit within us. And how close then, how much closer could God be? The Holy Spirit of God. To, but to enjoy him, to recognize him. At the very beginning of the service, I said, to be alert for his presence, to be aware of him. We can bash out our lives and do this and do that. And yes, we believe. And yes, of course, our, our, our faith foundations are strong. But actually to enjoy him, to enjoy him is so important. And then in Romans we read, the spirit you receive doesn't make you slaves so that you live in fear again. The spirit that we receive. The spirit in us releases us from fear. So let's stand and sing again as we think about being in his presence. You may not know this one, but join in if you do. Yeah. Uh-huh.
two minutes just to wait in the silence and ask God in, in your heart to help him love you more and to encounter him more, just in the quietness of our hearts. So then he's proclaimed truths, affirmed his confidence, and he's sought God first and foremost for himself, that intimate encounter with him. And then thirdly, he seeks God for his blessing. We read, Hear my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. I'll carry on. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Don't turn your servant away in anger. You've been my helper. Don't reject me or forsake me, God my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foe. For false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. So he's prayed for God to be with him, increase that kind of intimacy with him and now he's praying for blessings he's asking now for god to help him he seeks him in order to know how to do his will uh, not just to be blessed remember we're blessed to be a blessing but he says here don't reject me teach me your ways don't hand me over to the desire of my foes and in the day of trouble or in the days when we are fearful of all sorts of things, as we're concentrating on, on, on fear today, um, it could be something that is, you think is so silly and that you didn't, wouldn't dare to even say to anyone because it's so, it's so silly. might be, I don't know, whatever. Some people are afraid of spiders. My mother was afraid of spiders. And I kind of inherited that years ago as well. And I thought, hang on a minute. I'm not going to be afraid of spiders just because my mother, see how the influence my mother has on me. Um, and uh, I, I dealt with that, and I'm not in the slightest bit uh, afraid of spiders. Now, but whatever it is, it might be something really small to, you, um, to other people, but really, um, really gripping you, perhaps. Um, and so we can come to him. He doesn't want us to be gripped. He doesn't want us to be rendered ineffective. We call out to him, you know, but how sad it is that we call, only call out to him when troubles come. <laughs> we can handle things much better, including fear, if we're already in that place of intimacy and encounter and closeness with God. And David was. We're blessed to be a blessing. He prays blessings for himself and blessings also, of course, we pray for other people. And Errol, will you come and lead us, please? Good morning, everybody. Now is the time for our prayers of intercession. 
and I thought it would be good if we could just take a few moments to be still and put ourselves quietly into the presence of Almighty God, the Almighty God who made everything but loves tiny little us, loves us with all his being and wants us to talk to him. So shall we just have a few moments of quiet? Let us be still. So let us pray. Our loving Father, we come before you in our need for your strength, reassurance and peace. None of us is the same person we were two and a half years ago. So many of the certainties of our lives have gone. And for many of us, so have our confidence. There is an anxiety about what the future might hold. And we can lack energy to engage with people and life again. We are all diminished. But Lord, you are the almighty God. And you tell us not to fear, not to be anxious. Life may change around us. But you never change. And we're safe. And can have courage in the shelter of your love. You are our stronghold. With all our hearts we ask that we might trust your word. And rely with confidence on your promises. Now, Lord, we pray for all those of our fellowship who are ill, lonely, or grieving the loss of a loved one. In their weakness, may you give them strength and an awareness of your great love surrounding them. And may we, Lord Jesus, be used by you to bring some of your light into the lives that are troubled. Father, you know how hard it is for us to listen to or watch news programs. Because our nation and so much of the world is enduring such a hard, hard time. But we want to thank you now for all those who work so hard to sustain our country and our communities. We pray for those who grow and provide our food during this time of drought. We pray for all those working in our health services. It must be so hard and stressful for them not to be able to provide the health and care we were so used to having. Please be with all those doing the very best they can in such difficult circumstances. And now we pray for the people in other lands where there is terror and war. We bring before you again the people of Ukraine. We can't begin to imagine how awful it must be to be living as they do with constant fear. And 
we beg that you will be especially with those who are bereaved, injured, or who have lost everything. We pray especially now for those who know you, that they might be able to share their faith in you and bring some comfort and hope to those around them. Finally, Lord, we want to bring before you Mr. and Mrs. Ryan McMahon, who were married here yesterday. Ryan, who grew up among us, was our church administrator and did so much with our young people and was loved by so many of us. And Megan, a granddaughter of our beloved old minister, David Richardson. Thank you for the joy of their wedding. And we pray now that together they may always be aware of your great love for them. And throughout their lives, share the light of that love with others. And Lord, all these prayers we offer in the name of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. And fourthly and finally, he encourages others to have confidence in God. We read, is it verse 13, 14? I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. He is convinced of the goodness of God. He has vision and expectation. Now, the one who has learnt to master fear encourages the fearful. Be strong. Take heart. And wait for the Lord. We're going to sing a song. I don't think you know this, so uh, we'll sing it once, Susie. can remain seated, and then uh, they're going to sing it. And, uh, and then um, we'll sing it twice through afterwards. Thank you. You may know it.
says, he encourages confidence in God for what he, what he knows and what, what he's experienced and the truth of God's word and how he's helped him in his fears. And, and we need to share the, the answers. That testimony is so, is so powerful. Uh, we won't do that this morning, but um, when we pray a little later to ask God to deliver us from our fears, um, maybe not this morning, but do tell someone else uh, if, if God answers you. I expect God to uh, answer. We've asked him and I've, uh, we've talked about it and it's in his word. So testimony is so powerful um, and encouraging other people with what we know of God is, is really important. Um, proclaiming God's goodness to others is also a way for our own wholeness to be able to share something. However small it is that God has done in our life is so important. And David said, wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. David knew what it was to wait, uh, wait for God to answer prayer. He had, it, it, God didn't answer prayers immediately. Uh, it was anointed, wasn't he, to be king. And I think it was about 14 or so years later that he became king. He had to wait. And we have to wait for answers. We may have to wait for God to give us strength in certain circumstances. Waiting is hard. And sometimes we think God's not answering. Or God's not hearing. But waiting isn't dead time. There's a lot we can learn in waiting too. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. In the day of trouble, he will keep me safe easy to say this but to experience it in our own lives is something else isn't it and but god promises for us he will set us free from our fears perfect love casts out fear we don't have to be gripped by we don't have to be controlled by this and i think it's really important that we own up to ourselves for a start off about the things that we're afraid of like i did to you earlier on this morning we're going to pray in silence in a moment, but maybe share with someone else. Uh, Jonathan helped David find strength in the Lord. He encouraged him, don't be afraid. And I really think it's important because I think sometimes in, in churches we, we put on a brave face and people think we've got it all together. And yet actually there are things which grip, uh, grip us or hold us back or we're afraid of. And at least we come to God and ask him to set us free. We don't have to, therefore, live a life bound by fear. Face up to it. Remind yourself of the promises of God. 1 Timothy says, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Take a stand against these things which uh, hold us back. Seek his face. Seek intimacy with him. Seek his help. And then see what God will do. And then testify. And tell others to encourage and strengthen them. Just let's in the silence. And maybe close your eyes. And maybe God's been speaking to you about something that's holding you back. Something that's making you nervous, really anxious, that is, is, is bordering on fear or is fear. 
well. Today is an opportunity. We're in the presence of God. We've asked him. We've worshipped him. We've looked at his word. Ask him. Name your fears in the silence of your heart. I'm not asking you to do it aloud. Name your fear and say, would you please set me free from this? I declare you are my God. You are my light. You are my salvation. You are my stronghold of my life. Help me seek you, encounter you in your presence. Set me free. then bless me so that I can be a blessing to others and share the good things that you have done. So in a moment's quiet, bring that fear, whatever it is, to the Lord. Lord, you've heard the, the cries of our hearts. Everybody's got something different, maybe. Maybe there's some, some people who can't necessarily think of anything, but Lord, for those who've asked you, then by the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit, would you please set them free? Lord, would you enable them to overcome and say, my confidence is in the Lord, the source of my salvation. I will trust you. I will not be afraid. I will move forward in this for the glory of your name and the purposes of your kingdom. Amen. We're going to sing finally, so let's stand.
Now to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever and all the people of God said, Amen. If you need prayer, don't forget to grab someone you know and trust to pray for you. If God's done something in your life today or over the coming weeks, then please testify and let us know.